everybody, and welcome to the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Dross. I'm the president and founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm helping players of the ages of 14 to 20 navigate their path to college hockey. Today, we have the head coach of Gilmore Academy, Mike Cellino. Mike uh, started his coaching career at Nichols School um, and went on uh, to coach two years in the NESCAC uh, division with Hamilton and now is entering his eighth season uh, at Gilmore Academy for the 2020-2021 season. Um, he's also coached at USA Player Development Camps in the summers, uh, 15, 16, 17s. Uh, Mike, uh, how's it going? Good. Uh, really excited to be on the podcast here and uh, things are good. Yeah, with everything going on, it's uh, it's a crazy time. I mean, what what kind of uh, information are you guys getting with the whole prep school scene? And also, you guys are unique with the AAA. You know, what do you guys – I mean, what is your personal opinion on what might happen with the season here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously um, – it's important that everyone takes the right safety precautions and follows proper guidelines set by, you know, their, the, the CDC and state guidelines. But uh, the good thing for us is we opened our rank here – um, here at Gilmore a couple weeks ago and we're kind of back up and running you know we've got some restrictions and we're doing a lot more sanitizing and things like that but we're back up and running which is great and you know I think uh, you know I think it sounds like things are going to start to open up here I know certain states are in better shape than others but hopeful USA Hockey can get things to go up and running again and I know from um, our league the Midwest Prep Hockey League our plans to go as normal and until we're told differently so um, I see, I see it as a positive that we're going to be able to get back to some normal, uh, some normal hockey settings here and be ready to roll. Yeah. And speaking of that, there's obviously a lot of teams, uh, prep schools, academies, midget programs, before we kind of dive into to, to your program and your leagues and things like that. I mean, what's your take on all these, you know, every, I feel like every season there's new academies, new midget programs, you know, what's your personal opinion on the landscape today? Um, you know, assuming everything's normal in a perfect world, no COVID. What, what's your take on the hockey world right now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, there, there's definitely lots of different options out there. Of course, there's the traditional, you know, travel hockey with, you know, double A and triple A hockey. And, you know, there's the traditional full prep school model. And then there's kind of the hockey academy model, um, you know, where there's kids who, um, you know, go to a specific school or do online school and then, you know, train and compete on a team level within the same setting. And then, of course, there's kind of the hybrid model um, where there's, you know, kind of a full season type model with AAA and prep or just AAA, but being housed at a traditional college prep school. So I think there's lots of do, new and different options out there for kids and families. I think it's a matter of for people just finding what's the right fit for them. Um, you know, is there as much of an emphasis on academics? versus, um, you know, just the athletic piece, in this case, hockey, or are you looking for a combination of both? Or, you know, are you looking for a billet situation versus a, a residence hall, like um, a dorm or a boarding program? Or, you know, are you looking for access to unlimited ice? Or you're okay with just the ice once a day? So I think it's kind of um, a case-by-case -case scenario and what each family and kid's looking for. But there's definitely new options popping up every year. It looks like the, the hockey academy model is starting to become a little more prevalent, I think, which is kind of like a spinoff of the success uh, kind of the full season prep schools have had, but then also the new traditional New England model and things like that. So um, I think options are good for families. I think families just got to make sure they do their research to find the right option, the right fit for them. Yeah, I think that's a big piece. It's been a theme with all these like 
get information, uh, talk to people, ask questions, you know, uh, understand outside of hockey and how the program can help with your development. Like what's the schooling, what's the resources, things like that. So with that said, like, you know, and we'll get into specifically about Gilmore, but like general kind of uh, some general concepts. Why do you think like prep school with the traditional boarding school setting might be a good choice for certain kids? You know, assuming obviously there's, there's a, there's a, there's a program for every kid and every kid's very different, but why, why might prep school benefit kids uh, from your perspective? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for, for the most part, pretty much all the traditional prep schools, um, you know, have a really good curriculum. They have a solid academic foundation that's going to prepare the kids academically to be prepared to get in the good, um, you know, good colleges and universities. Um, there's also usually some of a, somewhat of a mission um, statement and um, character and moral um, views built into what their curriculum is. Um, so it's more than just what they're getting from everything athletically. Um, I also think um, the kind of the traditional prep school model provides uh, really, really good resources on helping kids learning how to manage their time, um, kind of mimicking what college is like. You know, you're kind of in a college structure just with a little bit more supervision and handholding um, so I think that provides the kids with that, um, you know, that uh, similar effect of what you're, it's going to be like if you're a student athlete at the, at the college level um, on a much smaller scale, of course, but a lot of the same ways in regards to the training regimen and the academic side and you're balancing your, your course load and your classes and homework with your training schedule and hockey schedule. And if it's a prep program that has to travel a little bit more, you know, um, then you're balancing that travel schedule. Um, with all that as well. So I think there's definitely um, a significant advantage on the academic side because I think there's, um, you know, the, the most traditional prep schools have a great track record of getting kids into really high academic colleges and universities. Um, and there's a reputation there that those colleges can go and programs and then usually admissible and, um, you know, kids that are going to work, uh, kids that are just going to fit their mold. So I think there's usually a comfort level when it comes time for recruiters with that. Yeah, I think too, I mean, outside of hockey, and, and we'll get into that, but I mean, there's a lot of things that prep school offers that for a lot of kids, I mean, not every kid, but they get to college and they think college is actually easier, right? The whole prep sure. college management. Um, so like speaking specifically about Gilmore, like give us an idea, like, you know, briefly, like what, where is it? What about the campus? You know, what do you guys have that maybe is a little different than, than traditional prep schools out east that a lot of people are familiar with? Um, try to touch on that. Yeah. So um, Gilmore is, um, it's actually a pre-K through post-grad school. So we cover every single um, age there. We're co-ed. Um, we are a Catholic school. Um, we were founded by the Brothers of Holy Cross. Um, but, you know, we are very welcoming of people of all religious backgrounds um, we are located in Gates Mills, Ohio, which is an eastern suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Um, nice little quiet town on the east side of the city, um, but it's nice in that it's not a remote location where kids can easily get off campus and experience, um, you know, lots of different culture, you know, pro sporting events, um, you know, a lot of amenities in the area. So there, that, that's a nice um, difference than a lot of the traditional prep school settings um and also the the school itself um you know is set on a really big campus we're not landlocked so it's 144 acres 
of um, amazing facilities. Uh, we just built a brand new fine arts building this past year and we added a new environmental science and outdoor education classroom on campus as well recently. Uh, we've done recent renovations to the ice arena, to the athletic center and the residence hall. Um, our classroom buildings have gotten a facelift over the last five years. So it's, um, it's really good, you know, from the hockey side of things, we're very, very blessed that we have a multi-million dollar two sheet facility right on campus. Um, you know, two full size NHL size sheets of ice, newly renovated locker room two years ago, um, newly renovated locker room last summer, or um, sorry, weight room last summer. Um, we have an athletic training room at the rink, uh, the coaches offices, a cafe, film room. So it's kind of got everything the kids need um, to get better and all the resources right at their fingertips. And then um, the athletic center houses our gymnasium, a three court field house with a track around the outside, um, our pool, um, an additional athletic training room with um, sports rehab, with a sports rehab center, um, and an additional uh, cardio room with um, cardio equipment like ellipticals and treadmills and spin bikes and things like that. So our athletic facilities are top notch. You know, lots of uh, got the turf stadium. We have an all turf baseball stadium on top of the football and lacrosse stadium, um, and then lots of practice fields. So we're not really landlocked. We've got a lot of land for only having roughly. 450 students for grades nine through 12 in post-grad. Yeah, I think too, like you touching on everything that's on campus, like it goes back to that efficiency thing, like for kids that are, you know, coming from Arizona, California, I mean, even even kids on the East Coast, it kind of puts yep. everything in one place. I mean, do you see kids benefit from that? Just kind of instead of driving, you know, an hour and a half to practice every day and then having to go get strength and conditioning on their own, it's all under one roof? Yeah, so I think I call it the one-stop shop. Um, you know, the kids, they're, they're living here, they're eating here, they're training here, they're skating here, they're getting their education here, and they're getting their social environment here as well. So everything that a normal high school age kid is looking for is here. The only difference is, in most cases, if they're living on campus, mom and dad aren't here. Um, and that's where kind of the residence life staff and the, the, the larger community kind of is the, the parent of the child at that time. So... Um, I, what I tell the kids, especially kids coming from a, maybe a non-traditional hockey setting where they have a long commute or they're giving up a lot of their free time and things like that, I, I tell everyone, if, you, if your kid can take the travel time commuting from practices or games and put that into extra studying or extra time on the ice or extra time in the gym, it totally transforms who they are as a student athlete. Um, so, for example, here, our kids can skate as much as they want. We have two sheets of ice that are in all year round. If you can take advantage of getting on the ice instead of spending all that time in the car, that's very beneficial. Or if you can spend more time studying and meeting, you know, doing your homework and working with tutors and, um, you know, things like that, it's going to transform who they are as a student as well. So I think that is a key piece to it. Um, of course, there's a transitional piece in moving away from home. Um, but I think most families find comfort in that it's not a billet situation or, you know, worrying about where their next meal is going to come from with a dining hall on campus. So, um, can you, you know, touch on that even like with a dorm life, what that looks like at Gilmore and how many kids are, are living? Yeah. Campus? yeah. So Gilmore, that's like, this is a unique part about Gilmore is Gilmore's always had a boarding program since the school was founded. Um, but it's always been a very small, um, residential life piece. So we only have 70 students who reside on campus. Um, a lot of them are hockey players from our from our various teams or our girls program. But then we also have some other non-hockey players or students from different countries who travel here for the academic piece. 
Um, but the residence hall has a built-in study hall time, um, 7.30 to 9 p.m. on school nights, Sunday through Thursday, that the kids need to make sure that they're getting their homework completed. There's some incentives built in for upperclassmen that if they're maintaining a certain grade point average, they don't need to attend the full study hall. But, um, you know, it's kind of blocked off. The kids can request tutors in the residence hall and work with them there or, you know, use one of the residence hall proctors um, who's regularly sitting on duty and there for extra help. Um, there's study areas in the residence hall as well as the kids' rooms and bathrooms and common spaces. Um, you know, there's just like every other, most dorms, there's a laundry facility. There's, there's actually a game room and a small gym within our residence hall as well, which is nice. Um, you know, when we have a live-in uh, proctor on each floor, two of which are coaches in the hockey program, and that's all their responsibilities are is they coach in the hockey program and then they work in the residence life program. Um, and then we have the same on our girls' side of the program. One of our girls' assistant coaches is in the residence hall. So I think there's kind of that piece there that provides the comfort in that there's kind of um, supervision on a regular basis, but there's also kind of that whole, you know, college dorm life and that the kids are managing their own time and learning how to be um, independent and things like that. So um, yeah. there's definitely value in that. Yeah, I think too, I guess, you know, before we dive into the prep program and, and your uh, the U16 team there, like talk about too, I mean, we obviously prep, so there's a, there's a big academic component to it and uh, some schools it's, it's more than others, but, you know, I guess touch on what kind of academic resources are there? Maybe some kids think, well, prep school's not for me. I, I like school, I don't love it. You know, what can you add to, to kids that maybe are nervous about taking on that, uh, that time management responsibility and, and maybe even the rigor with uh, the academics that you guys offer? Sure. So, yeah, the a great thing about most prep schools and especially, um, you know, a school like Gilmore is there's, there's plenty of resources available. So, um, you know, if a kid, if a kid is not um, highly, highly academically inclined, um, you know, there, there's resources for those kids. So, for example, each kid has um, an assigned college counselor and assigned gui guidance counselor, and then they also going to be part of an advisory group where one of the faculty members on campus will be their advisor. They'll meet with their advisor weekly, which is built into their schedule. And then they um, will meet with their college counselors and guidance counselors on a regular basis uh, by appointment. And they're there all as resources to make sure that the kids are being successful. Um, right on campus, we have um, a writing lab and a math lab and science help where the kids can go in during their study halls to get extra help. Um, every teacher has um, office hours built into their schedule so the kids know they can go get a trail with those specific teachers. Um, like we said before, they can request tutors if they're a residence hall student to work, tutors can work with them at the dorm. Um, and then the, as for the rigor side of things at Gilmore, um, all of the regular classes are considered to be at the honors level when it comes time to apply to colleges. But then of course we offer advanced placement course, advanced placement courses um, for to add more rigor if the kids are looking for that. So the nice thing too is the curriculum, you know, is really based around reading and writing, you know, public speaking, critical thinking. Um, it's going to allow the kids to really try to grow academically. Um, and then also the, the school provides lots of different paths. So we have some really high-end um, programs on the academic side that might be of interest. So we have like a catalyst program, which is really inclined for kids who are interested in kind of medical science and research. And, you know, we have a program called the Vector Program, which is on a different track. And, you know, we have the really robust speech and debate program and robotics and computer science 
things like that. And now the environmental science and outdoor education program is really growing. And, um, you know, we offer electives in sports medicine and, you know, entrepreneurship and business courses and, you know, the arts and fine arts and things like that. So it just kind of really um, allows the kids to become more well-rounded, you know, explore different areas, you know, trial and error and see what they like, what they don't like. Um, but also providing it in an environment where everybody wants the kids to be successful. The teachers are made accessible um, and, you know, going to provide resources so that they, the kids can be the best possible version yeah. of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to that one-stop shop, right? Even for kids that are interested in different things, you guys have a lot of programs. It sounds like, uh, yep. I think kind of, you know, moving into, so, so we understand the campus, we got where you guys are at, um, you know, and, and kind of the academic piece to it. You know, so if I'm a hockey player, I'm at Gilmore, what's, what's daily life like? What's that schedule look like Monday to Friday? Assume you guys just play a Saturday, Sunday. What, what are kids looking at? Yeah, so we're a traditional weekend model for games. Um, you know, all of our games are Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whether that's um, exhibitions, tournaments, showcases, or some league play. Um, cause we kind of dedicate during the week for development. Um, so our, our, our typical schedule would look like we try to give the kids one day off a week from hockey. So if we don't play on Sunday, they're going to get Sundays off. If we do play on Sunday, we try to give them Monday off if possible. Um, but the kids have access, there's open ice every single day, um, before school. So if they want to get up a little bit early, they would, you know, get up around six 30, head over to the rink. And, um, you know, some weeks we're running organized skill sessions, for example, like, Tuesday we're going to run power skating or Thursday we're going to run D specific skills um, and so on and so on. Um, from there, the kids would, um, you know, get ready for school, head to breakfast and then go to the, their full day of classes. Um, when, when classes wrap up after school, um, if they, they have a little bit of time built in, if they need to go see some teachers for some extra help or head to the residence hall and, you know, get some of their personal belongings and then they'll head to the rink um, and practices will start around three forty-five, four o'clock. Um, and then we'll be, they'll be on the ice for team practice. Um, two days a week after that, they'll be in the gym with our strength and conditioning coach and working in a team setting. Um, and then one day a week, they're going to be in the video room doing possibly a scouting report type film. Um, and then we will we will incorporate throughout the course of the rest of the year some other things. Like, for example, we incorporated some yoga Last year, um, we brought in a sports psychologist and motivational speaker a few times. Um, you know, we did some different things like that, which was great. Now, on top of all that, um, in the middle of the kids' school day, we have uh, – this past year, we had what was called community blocks. So the kids had two blocks of classes in the morning, two blocks of classes in the afternoon, and then in the middle of the day, they had um, a full um, 90 minutes off from school. And during that time, they could grab lunch, but then they can also choose to skate work out, go see teachers, get extra help, whatever they want. So they have kind of, they're kind of off from school during that time frame, um, which is kind of nice. And then also if kids have study halls built into their schedule and they're caught up on all their schoolwork, um, during the study hall time, they can choose to really do what they want with that time. Um, so sometimes kids will choose to get an extra skill session and then maybe a private lesson with one of our coaches or something like that. Um, so there's definitely options for kids to continue to develop. And that's the whole school year we keep both sheets of ice in um you know we do have um you know we, we we encourage our kids to get involved in other clubs and activities um they can choose just to play hockey if they'd like though or if they want to play a spring sport you know we offer the traditional spring sports like you know baseball lacrosse and tennis and track and field and things like that which some of our 
players do um, participate in? So uh, kids get on campus. Uh, a lot of people are always asking what uh, it can be confusing for some people or unfamiliar for others, but the admissions process, I mean, you guys on your roster have kids from all over the world. Um, yep. you know, uh, and, and also, you know, what that recruiting process looks like, what are you guys looking for for your program and, and kind of actually the, the idea of what that process, what do parents need to do? How does that work? Um, and even if I know there's some things you can't, but um, just so people don't even understand the financial aid process, you know, walk us through that. Yeah. So um, we're actively recruiting every year because we've got kids that are graduating from our program that are moving on and we need to bring in new guys. So every single year we're bringing in new kids. Um, you know, our, our coaching staff is on the road throughout the course of the year, trying to identify and watch players and get on their radar. You know, we're heading to, you know, key recruiting events and things like that. But then also, we, we do do a lot of our recruiting through film as well. We'll watch game film through hockey TV or other, um, you know, website platforms like Live Barn and things like that. And then we will, um, you know, we'll reach out to families that we have an interest in. And then, you know, sometimes families are reaching out on their own and we'll set up a visit and, you know, give them a full tour. The kids have the opportunity to shadow a class with one of the current hockey players if they'd like. Um, you know, depending on what the ice schedule looks like, we can try to get them out on the ice as well during their uh, – during their visit if possible. And then also, you know, we, we have the opportunity for them to meet some different people on campus, like our athletic trainers and strength and conditioning coach, some teachers and um, administrators, you know, the admissions office, our athletic director. We'll usually try to set up, you know, a formalized itinerary so they can meet some of these individuals that they would have to deal with on a resident, uh, on a regular basis, you know, for the residence hall staff and dean of students and things like that. So, um, so yeah, and then if there's an interest, the kids would apply to the school. Um, there's a formal application process, which is completed online. We can accept, you know, the, the SAO, the standard application online, or we can accept um, our own personal application right through our website. Um, and that includes a parent and student piece where they fill out some information, um, you know, their grades, um, a math teacher and an English teacher recommendation, and then a principal or counselor recommendation. Um, and then any tests, test scores, they may have any standardized tests or if they need to sit for a standardized exam, we sometimes set that up where they can sit for the exam while they're on campus visiting or they can do it, they can really do it remotely anywhere in the world. Um, and then the school would make an admissions decision. And then from there, we have a financial aid, we call it tuition assistance um, process where if a family is looking for some assistance, um, they can fill out a separate application for that. And, um, you know, parents would upload some information about, you know, their family income and different documents like that. And then the school, the school really does everything they can to try to make it work for the families um, of the kids who are admitted. Um, you know, they'll try to usually bridge the gap and meet the families where they are to try to make it work. Um, and then on top of that, we also do offer merit-based scholarships and things like that, depending on the kids' application and grades. So, um, you know, some families have found it's actually – what they're spending for AAA hockey and travel hockey and, you know, maybe if they're already going to a private school that it actually ends up being in their favor. Um, you know, and other people find that it's, um, you know, it's affordable and that they're, they're no longer need to hire a strength and conditioning coach and private skills coaches. And, you know, they're now, they're, they're eating all their meals here, their travels taken care of and things like that. So I think it's kind of a combination of what works for each family, but the good thing is it's a pretty, easy process and it's also very um school's very fair and i think a lot of prep schools are they're very fair in trying to make it work for families who they really want who really want to be there
Yeah, I think too, like kids today have a million options. Um, and yep. and, and I, I hope that they're asking questions and getting information. But to you, I mean, um, you know, how important do you think? I mean, obviously, some kids, it's just uh, impossible, I guess, in some certain, sure. you know, situations, but is actually making a visit, like before making any kind of decisions? Yeah, I think it's very important. Obviously, this year with the pandemic, it's been a little bit challenging during that time. We, you know, we didn't really have any visits, but we had a record-setting number of visits the year before, the, or before the pandemic hit at that time of the year. Um, and I think most times when kids get on our campus, it really gives them an inside look of what their day is going to look like. Can they see themselves doing this every day? Um, and then in our case, most kids really usually fall in love with the campus when they step foot on it because it is absolutely beautiful. Uh, the facilities are world-class. So I do think it's important that kids do get on campus, you know, meet people, um, you know, get, get to go to a class if you can to get a feel for the academics, you know, get a feel for the different programs and curriculum that they have. I think that's all important because it's not just a hockey or an athletic decision. There's so much more that goes into it. So you, I usually encourage families, if you want to make this decision, you know, come in and visit. And most do. Um, you know, a handful don't. Maybe, you know, for example, we have a kid coming in from Finland next year. He didn't visit, but, you know, I kind of did like a virtual tour with him and um, things like that. So, um, but yeah, I would say it's very important um, that families really do their research and dive into it. And scheduling a visit is, is good, but it's, yeah. uh, it's definitely whatever works for each family. Yeah, I think too, uh, you know, the kid, he needs, the player needs to be happy, right? If he's enjoying the experience, he's going to get more out of his development. He's going he's gonna to play better. You know, if you're miserable somewhere and, you know, hockey, you're not going to play your best. You know, you're not going to be able to maybe get the most out of the experience. Um, and, and for play, yeah, and for the player to get the most out of the coach and the coach to get the most out of player, it's got to be a good fit from both sides. Um, yep. You know, obviously, like you said, there's always circumstances like, like this one where you can't visit. Um, but I think kind of moving into our last point with the admissions and kind of deciding where to go and prep schools. Obviously, you know, the repeat grade is a big thing that comes up when kids are looking at prep school. And I know you yep. guys in a Midwest prep program, like it's a little bit of a different kind of kind of look on that. You know, what's your perspective on that? Obviously, we're always seeing data on how there's no rush to the college game and junior hockey. Um, again, case by case, I know it's very different for each kid, but what's your general perspective and, and what maybe benefits do you see for kids repeating and, and, you know, anything you could add to it? For sure. I would say it, it, it is a case by case scenario here for us. You know, there's some reasons why a kid may need to repeat. Maybe it's because of transfer credits or maybe it's because of, um, you know, just the family's looking for a better, um, you know, a better maturity level out of their kid. But so before they kind of matriculate into go junior hockey or college hockey, or it could be an athletic really decision where a kid just needs more time. So I will say we're kind of all over the, we're a mix. We have some kids that repeat. We have some kids that come in in their normal grade, but then we also have the flexibility where we offer a postgraduate year. So some kids will come in in their normal grade and then kind of feel it out and see where it is. Hey, should I do a postgraduate year? Should I not? Um, it's kind of a case by case scenario, but I think, most kids who I've had who've come in for just one or two years have always said, I wish I came earlier. Um, and I think now that we are offering a 16U team, that's, we're going to be able to do that easier and more often now. But I think to, to be highly competitive, we, you know, we usually brought in grade 11, grade 12, and some postgraduate kids. And all those kids say, always say they wish they came earlier because it was a, it's a great experience. It was a great development um, thing for them. It was a great academic decision for them. But I would know um, most of the prep schools in New England may require you to repeat. But I think the nice thing here is it, it's an option. If a family comes and says, we really want to repeat, then that's okay. 
if they say they really don't want to and we admissions can still make it work, they don't have to. Um, and then having the postgraduate year as a, a flexible option there is really huge because we have had a number of postgrads over the years. Um, some kids have repeated and some have came to the normal grade. Yeah. The postgrad, like what, what kind of courses are they taking so people understand? Because I, I get a lot of questions, well, what's a postgrad year? You know, maybe yeah. nothing in crazy detail, but just to give us an idea. Yeah, so our postgrads would take, um, they would take six courses. Um, they could choose to take more if they want, but the six courses would mean they would have three courses each day instead of four. Um, they have to take, um, we, we highly encourage them to take some advanced placement courses to try to get college credit. Um, there's going to be a strong emphasis on their curriculum with ACT and SAT prep. Um, you know, they're going to be encouraged to be, you know, I like to encourage them to be leaders, you know, be kids who maybe are leaders in the dorm if they're, if they're resident students, you know, be leaders on campus, um, you know, be kids who are involved in all other areas. You know, they're involved in some different clubs and activities on campus so that it, we're kind of boosting up their academic resume as well as their athletic resume. Um, so yeah, the, the kids are going to have a little bit more flexibility in course selection at that point. Maybe they can really sure. streamline things that they're interested in, but they are going to still have to take a normal, um, you know, a normal set of classes and still follow, um, you know, still follow, we have a PG curriculum, so you would still have to take, uh, um, you know, a, an English, a, an English course, a math course, you know, and some different electives and things like that. So there, it's definitely still school oriented, but maybe just in a different track than say a normal nine through 12 student. Yeah, and I think going back to just the whole general question of the repeat, like the more time you could play more hockey, get a ton of ice time, work on your body, you know, be in a good environment, and, and it's a good place where you're developing, there's yep. nothing wrong if you end up spending that extra year. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it probably will pay off three, four years from then, but, um, you know, there's nothing wrong if you're playing well and getting better and seeing gains. It's just going to help you when you get to junior hockey and stuff like that. So, I think yeah. it's a big benefit. And, and like you said, for some kids, it's, it's great. And some other kids maybe don't need it. But, um, you know, I think it's like you said, it's just case by case and figuring out what the, what the player needs and what's going to be in his best interest. Um, sure. But, you know, moving into more about Gilmore and the prep program, and, and you know, we'll talk about the 16 program that's new. But, you know, you coach, uh, obviously, you know, you're the coach at Gilmore. But before we move into specifics, like what, you know, you've touched on a lot of things. I know you have a lot more ice time there, a little bit longer season, things like that. I mean, maybe two or three things where you think maybe Gilmore, uh, there's an advantage of attending a school like Gilmore compared to the New England prep schools. Uh, maybe just for people that are kind of trying to say, well, well, you know, New England prep, is, I guess, is more uh, known, right? Where the Midwest programs are kind of becoming more and more uh, known and recognized and, and you guys yep. are really strong. Maybe hit on a couple things. Yeah, I think, you know, a, a model like ours or even the Midwest prep league is, um, I don't want to say underrated, but it's definitely – it's rapidly coming up and producing some really good hockey players and really good student athletes. Um, for Gilmore specific, I think an advantage for us is what I have found is the, the way we do our schedule in that it's kind of half AAA, half prep, we're finding different levels of exposure. So certain scouts are assigned to go watch AAA hockey and certain scouts are covering prep school hockey and certain scouts cover different territories. We're kind of crossing over a lot of them because we're playing a, prep, a traditional prep school schedule, but then we're also playing kind of a traditional AAA schedule. Um, but then within our location is we are kind of considered the tip of the Midwest, but we're still close enough to the East where we get out there a little bit. So we're kind of crossing over both paths and we're finding, you know, really good exposure in, you know, the USHL and the North American Hockey League. And, but then also the really good, you know, junior programs out East as well as, 
some of the Canadian junior leagues because we're not far from, you know, Southern Ontario. You know, our league gets a lot of exposure from, you know, the Central Canadian Hockey League, you know, because some of our teams in our league are out in that direction. But then also colleges too because, you know, we are closer to different colleges kind of in the West. But then also we're still traveling out east, so we're getting some exposure to the colleges in the east. So I think that's a big advantage for us. Um, I think us offering, like you mentioned before, the ice full year, so a, a better development model in that it's the kids can specialize a little bit more here if they really want to. They don't have to, but if they want to, they can specialize a little bit more in their craft and specifically being um, a little bit more hockey-oriented um, on the athletic side. Um, that's huge. And then also I think – a place like Gilmore um, that has, that is very young. We're very young in the big scheme of our, as a prep school and our hockey program is very young too. I think the success that we have had in such a short amount of time um, is really, really attractive to a lot of people because we've just kind of touched the tip of the iceberg and we're growing rapidly at a rapid rate. Um, you know, we have gone from just in the past five years, we've gone really from, kind of two and a half boys teams to next year, we're going to have five full boys teams in the school and, you know, we still maintain our girls program as well. So I think we're growing at a rapid rate. Yeah. It's an exciting time. It sounds like to be a part of something and help it kind of, I mean, you've taken some big steps in the last just, I mean, even three years. Yep. I mean, you guys are one of the top programs. And I think even at one point last year, you guys were eight or nine in the country. Is that yep, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys are, are growing and have had guys go on and play college and, and whatnot. And, and we'll get into that, but I guess you hit on it a little bit. I mean, the schedule, like, you know, I don't, I don't think people are, are, you know, there's some people that are very familiar, some aren't, but like the Midwest prep league. And, and I mean, too, I know you guys play, you'll play, you know, the victory Hondas and the little Caesar 18 U's and, and then yep. come out and play Mount St. Charles and things like that. I mean, touch on the schedule and, and actually specifics of what that Midwest prep league is all about. And, um, you know, what that competition's like and, and how, uh, what other leagues you might be in or districts. Yeah. So we, the Midwest prep league usually comprises of a schedule of about 20 games. And the way we set up our, our schedule, because we are all the, the schools are all spread out between the U S and Canada. So far we do um, two main showcases where the whole league comes together. Um, and then we do each team does two um, kind of like in conference showcases, so the league is separated into two divisions. You'll, you'll cross over in the two main showcases and play the other division. And then in the in-conference play, you'll play the teams in your, um, in your division. So that would give you um, four weekends of league play. And then at the end of the season in February, we'll have a, a league playoff weekend for the fifth weekend, um, which has all the teams coming together and everyone's seated. And it's a single elimination kind of playoff um, so it's, it, it, it's really good because every game. Ridley has been a powerhouse in our league and, you know, Bishops is um, out of Montreal is coming up really fast and you've got, you know, traditional success from Lake Forest Academy and, you know, other programs like that have had a lot of success and done a great job. So I think, um, you know, they're, these schools have put out amazing hockey players um, over the years. Um, and, you know, even guys, we're talking guys in the NHL and, you know, AHL and, you know, high level division one college hockey and things like that. So that part of the schedule has been great. And then what we've been able to do is we'll supplement that schedule with some other prep schools, like, you know, powerhouse programs like St. Andrews and Nichols and Culver, um, you know, Mount St. Charles, Shattuck, Northwood, things like that. But then also, the really good AAA programs, like you mentioned, Victory Honda and, you know, Bell Tire and things like that. And then we 
we'll enter some different really good showcases or events. Like for example, you know, the, our team will go to the USHL fall classic this year in Pittsburgh, which would be a great event. You know, we're going to do the Columbus day weekend beast showcase, which is, you know, got a really lot of great teams from out East in the fall. Um, you know, we've, we've gone to the Northwood school showcase and we've done things with um, the high performance hockey league. We went to their showcase the last few years. Um, so it just allows us to, really supplement our schedule with a, a more competitive schedule and make it a little bit more grueling kind of mimicking what kind of junior hockey is. Um, so I think that's been really, that's been beneficial for our kids too, to get a lot of exposure. Yeah. I think yes. too, like, what people uh, like, like, you know, my time scouting and, and working in the player personnel stuff. And even now like Midwest prep league, like there's a lot of players that end up going to Canadian junior or, or, or tier two and, go on and become pretty good division one players. Like yeah. you know, may not be committed at the time, but they yep. came through the league. They came through the competition. And um, I think the goalie at, uh, uh, is it St. Lawrence, I think, or, or one of those guys, but even like Jankowski's come through there. I think yep. Alex Campbell played in it when Stan said was still in it. I mean, you had yep. like said all those guys. Of, yeah. Alex yeah. DeBrincat, who's at the Blackhawks right now, came from yeah. our league. Um, Patrick Kane actually played for St. Francis for a short amount of time. Um, you know, John Gilmore, who obviously played for us, is now playing at the Buffalo Sabres. Um, I mean, there's been some big-time players um, that have came through our league. It's just our league is small, so you don't hear about it as much. I mean, the New England prep has gotten so many more because the league is just so much bigger. Our league's just smaller, and it's kind of in a little bit more of non-traditional hockey markets. Like, of course, you know, Boston prep schools versus a prep school in Cleveland, you don't really think of that too often sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and I think one thing that I'd love to hear is, is like, we're talking about all this, you know, East Coast, Midwest, you know, you guys run a pretty top-notch program when it comes to just, like, logistics and things like that. What what does that travel look like for your guys? I mean, what are you guys, charter bus, flying, you know, hotels? Yep. How does that work, team meals? It's made life a lot easier and a little bit more comfortable for the kids. Um, but we'll, we will travel a good amount throughout the course of the year. Um, the nice thing is because we are a school, I can strategically make sure though, that we're not missing a ton of school. Um, you know, last year, I think we missed six and a half days, uh, three days in the first semester, three and a half days in the second semester. Um, so that we, you know, we're keeping academics, uh, you know, a priority, but we will travel. Um, the good thing is where we're located is we're, we're close to some really good hockey markets. You know, we're not that far from Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Detroit, you know, Chicago is really not that bad of a drive. Southern Ontario, um, and then, you know, when we do travel the New England area, you know, it's about a 10-hour drive to Boston. So that's a nice little bus ride. But we'll we'll make that trip only a couple times a year so we're not, you know, burning the guys out. But, um, yeah, you know, usually everything is by bus. The only time we would fly is if we were able to win the district tournaments because we are districts – we are eligible through the mid-am district to try to go to the USA Hockey Nationals. Um, so depending on where Nationals would be, we may fly to that um, – this upcoming year, Nationals are in Buffalo, though. So if we win our district, we would only have to bust the Buffalo. Um, so I think it, 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 it's not bad. But we cover the meals and the hotels for the kids when we're on the road. We, we organize all that. You know, if the kids' parents are coming in to watch, that's totally fine. But they don't need to worry about those logistics anymore. We handle all of it. Um, you know, the kids travel. You know, the kids travel in style. Like, they're usually in suits. And, you know, we're taking care of, uh, you know, it's a professional approach. We're doing scouting reports and film sessions on the road and things like that. So it's just like they would be doing in college hockey. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, it sounds like you guys are doing it the right way, day in and day out. And I think, 
you know, I think would be really interesting to hear as we've kind of touched on, you know, scheduling and, and what the campus is like in school and daily life, but getting to kind of the meat of it, like coaching philosophy, like what does Gilmore Academy look like? I know recruiting classes can be very different year to year, but yep. what are kind of the, the main concepts or what do you see for your team each year? And if someone was interested in playing for you, what, what should they, maybe they expect? Sure. The first thing is, like, first, we're trying to recruit, you know, I refer to it, we were, we're trying to recruit hockey players, not kids who play hockey. There's a very big difference there. Um, you know, we want kids who are highly committed to their craft. We want kids who are going to put in the extra time and work ethic. Um, and we, we're going to put in kids that are dedicated. We want kids who are dedicated. Um, when it comes to, you know, style of play, we want kids who want to play at a fast pace. We want kids who want to, you know, we, we want quick, quick transitions. We want kids, you know, making, you know, creative plays. We don't want guys dumping and chasing. We don't want guys – you know, throwing pucks away. We want to manage the puck well. Um, you know, we're expecting our guys to play at a high pace, play aggressive, you know, play within the rules of the game, but also, um, you know, play play a style that we're known for, which is, you know, our guys are usually hard to play against. Um, that's what we want. But we also want to make sure, you know, the, the skill and talent that we have in our um, roster, we want those guys to use that. And we want them to be creative and feel comfortable to be creative, you know, we're, we're not going to be a coaching staff who's going to ride guys for, you know, you know, trying to make plays or guys who guys are going to make mistakes, you know, we're, they're, they're going to be able to learn from them and things like that. Um, you know, we have a fairly young coaching staff. So I think the kids know we're very approachable. We have an open door policy. Um, I think they know when it's time to go to work and when it's, you know, when it's business time, but they also know, you know, we can let our guard down a little bit and, and let them enjoy their experience here because that's, there is a big part of the prep school experience about having fun and um, getting better every day. And I also think if they're having fun, they're going to be willing to work hard and show up more often for it. Um, and then regards to character, you know, we, we, we have some things that we instill in the kids. Like we have the three pillars of integrity, discipline, and commitment that we kind of live day by day by that we want our kids to make sure they're following those guidelines throughout their daily life, both on the ice and off the ice, in the classroom, in the residence hall, in the community, on the road, everything. We're expecting our kids to maintain those qualities um, in all areas. So I think, um, you know, culture is really important to us. I think our kids are a tight knit group. Um, I think they're, they do, they do well in the classroom. They do well in the community. Um, you know, we, we've done some great community service things. We host a annual autism awareness game that actually got featured in USA hockey magazine this year, which has raised thousands of dollars. Um, you know, we will do lots of different community service events as a team, which I think, um, it was important to the kids to get back because, you know, we're all very blessed and, um, I think it's good that these kids understand um, they're also, they're very lucky to be where they are. And there's, there's more that are much or less fortunate than we are. So it's, it's an important part of our program. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's really important. I mean, a, a fee, another theme that's just been consistent is having good people and, and kids yep. that want to be there. Right. And, and yeah. it makes the program, it makes everything a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, and we yeah. want good parents too, to be honest with yep. you, good families. You know, yeah. we want supportive Correct. people. So we want people that are supporting the program in the stands and in the community and things like that too. I mean, that's equally as important to us as the kid as well. Um, touching on too, like your roster and kids and your philosophy. Like I, I had a chance obviously to watch your guys, you guys play your league Midwest prep, you know, there's kids everywhere from 2004 up to, uh, I think there were some old ones in the league this year. Yep. Like, yep. You know, when someone's considering that option and, and maybe their son's a first year 16 uh, or, or U15 or first year 16 player and that second year 18, 
I mean, is there is there anything kids should be considering or, or worried about? You know, oh, it's an older league or what? I mean, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I think traditionally we our team specifically has been a little bit older. Um, our league has been a little bit spread out. Um, I think what we're doing to try to um, better streamline and, and attract more younger kids is we all we now offer the 16U tier one full season team, which is good, but other teams in our league don't offer that. So they are going to be a little bit more mixed in ages, you know, with us playing an 18 U triple a schedule, it's kind of hard for us to take a lot of young guys. I mean, I've had, you know, younger kids, you know, you know, second year, 16 U kids and younger kids on our roster that are really advanced and highly skilled and it's been fine. Um, but, you know, we do play an older schedule outside of our prep league too. So it's harder for us to, you know, to go really, really young. So we try to make sure that we, are kind of staying as an older team just so we can be highly competitive, but also so that we can provide age appropriate development. That's what's important. Um, you know, we, we don't want to put a undersized non-physically mature kid up against a, you know, a highly mature 19 year old. And that's not going to, that's not going to be beneficial for that kid. So we want to make sure that we're putting kids in the right situations, not only to be successful, but to continue to develop. Um, so I think it's, you know, that's where families doing their research and finding out, um, you know, just finding out and asking coaches and program director, directors, what are they looking for? What do they have? Their, what are their needs each year? Because kids graduate every year and move on and things like that. So um, I think for that's sure. important. For sure. For sure. And we didn't have anywhere touched on it yet, but give us, give, give the listeners an idea of, uh, you know, the prep program has been around for years. You know, you're adding the 16 program, kind of what's the goal for each of those, I guess, in general. And, and yeah. uh, I guess it's also touch on, is there any plans to add teams uh, in the future to that? Yeah, so this upcoming year, we'll, um, we're going to host for the first time a 16U Tier 1 team, and that team will be comprised of 04s and 05 birth years. Uh, we do not offer a 15U, so it's, it's dual birth years there. And really what it is, it, it's an avenue for younger, younger, talented kids to come through our program that are interested in this kind of a model, a model where they kind of get the full season hockey training and development, but in a prep school setting with the high-end academics and the residence life program and you know, not a billet situation. Um, so really our, our 16U tier one team this year is we've got kids coming from all over. We have some local kids and we have kids coming from all different parts of the U S and Canada. Um, and it, it's going to be competitive. They're going to play a highly competitive 16U triple A schedule. They will play some prep school teams, but then they're going to play triple A teams as well um, from the U S and Canada and things like that. So I think what it, what this is going to do is it's just going to allow us to attract a younger, more talented player, that's looking for development and not have to worry about not being prepared yet to plan our prep team so they can continue to develop and stay on that track. And then our other teams that we offer on the high school track is, you know, we have our varsity teams and JV teams. Um, you know, there's that avenue for those kids who are interested in that, you know, level of hockey, whether maybe that's not as serious a level of hockey as some of them, um, you know, but our varsity team, you know, was one of the top ranked teams in the state of Ohio last year and before COVID was going to the final four. Um, so that's a really high level. Our, one of our JV teams won the JV state championship last year. Um, and what has actually, we've, we've won it the last three years. So, I mean, we, we have good hockey there too. Those teams are a little bit more local based, um, for local kids, but, uh, yeah, we're excited about the 16U team and what we're going to do. The schedule for this upcoming year will be highly competitive. Um, and you know, it's going to be, Sips, all the same resources that the prep kids get and all the same development track with the strength and conditioning coach and, you know, game film and things like that. Yeah. I think uh, what's nice about it is, is, I mean, 16U, if you have the 
opportunity. Obviously, there's always that one kid who can play up, and it's good for his development. But you know, it's the it's one of the most scouted levels, 15U, 16U, yeah, yeah, where you are in the country. But um, and obviously, the 15U becoming more of a thing uh, every yep. year. But it's it's nice to kind of have that ladder of development. Um, and even sure. for, even for the other teams you guys have there, it's it's yep. it offers an opportunity for everybody. Um, but yeah. And there, there will be kids in our program off those other teams who will matriculate up into different levels of our program too, for sure. I mean, right now we're not looking to expand any more, any further as of right now to what we're, what we're currently offering. We're happy this upcoming year where things are. And I think it's the right for our school size and our residence hall size. It's the right track that we need to be on. For sure. For sure. And you guys are, are managing it pretty well. And I, I think kind of, we've hit on a lot of things about the program, but kind of to bring it full circle, like speak about uh, exposure and what you, obviously this, this is a loaded question because it always comes down to the player's ability, right? But yep. figuring out, I think what the right fit is for the player. So maybe touch on yeah. how, you know, you guys always have some, some guys that are, that are a little more advanced on your, on your prep team. And then there's guys that maybe are taking strides, but going to a certain league, maybe it's not the NA, but it's NCDC or it's the CCHL. Like, yep. Talk about how you guys help all those different kinds of kids with their next step. And, and obviously outside of the exposure they're getting with your schedule, maybe what, what do you guys do to help them advance? Yeah. So when kids come in, we'll, we'll do a roadmap for them. So we'll, we'll sit down and talk to them and say, Hey, what are your goals? And we'll decide, all right, is this an attainable goal within a year? So, for example, if a kid comes and says, I want to go play in the North American Hockey League next year. Okay, well, if that's attainable, great. Let's, let's get a list together of teams that we can reach out to. Let's make sure they have our schedule. They know that you're interested in their program. If it's a, if it's a kid who comes in and maybe has higher goals than they're prepared for, you know, that's not to say we won't shoot for the stars, but we're also going to make sure we try to align some programs that are, you know, more at their level that they're, that they're going to be entered. Oh, and the NCDC, and, but of course, same with the, you know, the North American Hockey League and the BCHL and USHL, which are great leagues. So I think it's a, it's what's the right fit for every single kid, because at the end of the day, um, <clears throat> you know, a kid needs to go where he's wanted. A kid needs to go where he's going to continue to develop and he's going to need to go where he's going to play the proper role for development. So sometimes, you know, being, the bottom guy in the North American Hockey League team, you know, and then getting released mid-year versus playing somewhere where you can be comfortable, settle in and find a good role. Maybe that's the better fit. And it also kind of depends on the kids. Some kids, you know, are going to, you know, claw tooth and nail to make sure they get whatever it is. And other kids want to get in somewhere where they can be comfortable and settle in and, you know, do what's best for them. So we'll try to roadmap it out the best that we can. You know, we'll regularly send film or links to our games because we live stream all of our home games and, a lot of our games are on hockey TV or live barn. We can send those links out to scouts and things. And, you know, we try to get our schedules out to as many people as we can so that they can be seen. But also, you know, over the years, um, you know, for myself, I've been able to formulate a lot of good relationships with junior coaches and college coaches in different areas. Um, so, you know, I've got contacts with them that we can try to, you know, they're always, everyone's always looking for good, good students, good players, good, you know, good kids. So, I can be able to help promote those guys the best we can. And my, our assistant coaches work on that too. You know, they'll, they'll make cold calls to coaches saying, Hey, I've got this kid who's interested in your program. What do you think type of thing? So we're regularly doing that. Sure. Sure. And I think uh, also just programs reputation, like you guys are at uh, Beantown or beast or whatever, you know, yep. especially if you guys aren't making many trips out East people at least want to see a play once, you know what I mean? Yep. If there's somebody yep. that piques their interest, they're going to come back um, sure. and see them play. 
Um, and, and I think last thing to kind of hit on here before we wrap this thing up is, you know, like you've touched on recruiting and all that stuff, but, you know, for players and parents that, uh, you know, are looking to kind of get on your radar that maybe, uh, you know, they're, you know, you guys haven't kind of outreached to them or anything like that, you know, what's something maybe they can do um, to kind of get in touch and kind of get the ball rolling to see if there's a fit for both sides uh, with Gilmore. Yeah. Um, so I, I encourage families to reach out. We get back to every single person that inquires with us, whether it's a fit or not, we will get back to you. Um, either myself or one of our coaches in our program will get back to you for sure. So I encourage you, if you have any interest at all, and not just not us, if you have an interest in any program or any other prep school, reach out to the head coaches or the program directors if they have one, you know, and tell them, hey, there's a possible interest in our end. And then also, you know, telling the kids, talking to kids, you know, take care of your academic stuff, be a good person, things like that are going to really help make you that much more attractive to, to prep school programs. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're, we need good students and good kids. And then of course we're looking for hockey players too, like kids that can play hockey. Um, you know, so the, the, the more boxes you're checking, the more marketable you're making yourself. So be the best version of yourself that you can be. And you're going to open up so many more doors and then do your research and don't be shy reaching out to people. I mean, I've actually a couple I remember Jack Sullivan, one of my better players, like they kind of reached out to us on their own and it worked out. I mean, so it, it, you never know, like it could work if you, if you have interest, reach out to people, you never know what's going to happen from it. Yeah. I think too, like you touched on, don't, don't leave any, you know, red X's on your, on your profile, right? Like have yep. good grades, be, you know, the best player you could be, the best kid you could be. Yep. Um, I mean, that stuff goes a long way. And I, even when colleges are recruiting kids, they, they, you know, you might have played two years of junior, but they're still calling your prep school coach. They're still calling your midget coach. And yep. um, you want to just yeah, go ahead. I get calls all the time from guys that are playing junior from those college coaches on a regular basis. I still get those calls because they know we had a lot of interaction with those kids and they know prep schools value the person and what they're doing in the community. I know they're calling, you know, they're calling kids agents and advisors too. And we're working with those agents and advisors as well. And, um, you know, that's, you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're giving yourself the best reputation at all times, no matter what. For sure. For sure. And I, and I think the last thing kind of too, and it's just been a theme, whether with the junior coaches we've had on uh, prep school, hockey academies, like go through that process, right? Like get information. If you yep. can visit, visit, know where you're going to be comfortable so you can make the best decision possible because it's your career. And, and I think too, what people don't realize is you don't want to be go somewhere where it's like, all right, after that year, I mean, this, this happens obviously because sometimes kids go and it's just not for them, but you don't want to have to be jumping around. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it could be a two year commitment to go to Gilmore. You got to be happy there for the two years, you know? Yeah, so, no, for sure. And yeah. For the and parents, the financial commitment as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You, the, the kid wants to be comfortable so that he could take full advantage of everything that they have to offer no matter how many years that is, if that's four years, five years, three years, two years, or a year, you know what I mean? They want to be able to be comfortable in their, in their setting that they're in and be able, and when they're comfortable, they're going to be more successful. Well, I really appreciate you coming on your mic and, and really just, I mean, I think we touched on a lot of things. Obviously, if people get in touch with you, they'll learn even more. And it was super informative and it's just a part of that. Uh, I, like I said, I preach going through the right process to make decisions. And I think this adds to that process. You know, if anybody wants to at least scratch the surface and, and learn more yeah. about you and the program, I think we kind of accomplished that today. And I kind of give you the last word, anything you want to add, anything uh, you want to throw out there to people and, and we'll, uh, we'll sign off here. No, I mean, I, I, pre I really appreciate uh, you having me on the, the podcast here. I think it's great. You're doing this. I think it's great for, for families and kids to just get, 
different information and, you know, different avenues of the game. So I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, being a part of the call today. Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. And, and we'll talk to you soon and good luck this fall. Awesome. Thank you. Take Thanks again for everybody for listening today. This has been the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. Um, look forward to hearing, having everybody on again here in the near future with our next guest. Uh, follow us at ParagonSportsConsulting.com or across social media platforms, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Paragon Athlete. Um, again, that's at Paragon Athlete, and we'll uh, see everybody soon here.